What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of the Sheehan Show here on Shardog.com. My name is Sean Sheehan, and today I am looking ahead to Bellator 301, which goes down on November 17th over in the Wintrust Arena in Chicago, Illinois, in the United States. And uh, it's a very special Bellator card in a, in a number of ways, I suppose. Um, is it the last Bellator card ever? Is it the last Bellator card under the current regime? Uh I don't know. None of us know. Maybe by the time this video comes out, we might know. But the general talk was uh, by the turn of the year, hopefully we would know. So this is obviously going to be the last event of the year now unless something massive uh, happens. So it's definitely a worthwhile one to talk about. But it also um, is one of the best Bellator cards ever, to be honest. Um, there's two big title fights on the card. Uh, there's probably their two biggest stars at the moment on this card, not, and neither of them are in the two title fights. Uh, probably the biggest rivalry in Bellator after the last few years is on this as well. So there's loads of really, really great stuff on this card. Um, and I think it just shows what Bellator can offer at their best. Um, I think Bellator... Uh, we we will forget about like the sale and all that for a second, and, and maybe we won't even talk about that. But we we'll see. Um, I feel like in the last eighteen months they've had a very unlucky time. Obviously, I've been covering all the Bellator cards. Literally previewed every Bellator card in the last uh, what more than two years now here. Obviously on Sherdog, and um, they've put on some very good fights. Very, very good fights, but just a lot of them haven't delivered. And it's actually no fault of Bellator themselves. Sometimes that's the way just the cookie crumbles and you get unlucky, you know, and you're, the, the fights just don't, they just don't go for you. Like a couple of the, um, you know, a couple of the Usman or Megameta fights were like that. And even, you know, a couple of the Irish cards, you know, where the Irish guys lost and even Peter Queeley last with the bad eye injury and things like that. But in the, the very big American cards as well, it just felt like, there was four or five cards in a row there in the main event. Every time there was, it was either a no contest or a drab five rounder or something like that for fights that I broke down here and I said, "Oh God, this is going to be a really good fight." And I'm, you know, I'm not lying to you. It's just the way it 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 it, uh, it happened, and I feel like that has kind of dampened people's. Um, want and like for Bellator over the last while and I do think it is a little bit unfair you know it feels like sometimes in MMA you know people just become a meme or a, a fighter becomes a meme or a, a promotion becomes a meme and it just felt like Bellator had become a little bit like that over the last while I think a big part of that as well was people felt like Bellator weren't promoting themselves and you know which I, I don't think is necessarily too unfair to be honest but it just all went together to, I think, give people now kind of an opinion of, oh, Bellator, who cares anyway? Whereas I'm kind of on the opposite because I'm like at the cold face of looking at the actual Bellator fights and the actual Bellator cards and the opportunities they're given to people here in my country, but also the up-and-coming American fighters, um, you know, the, the, I suppose, the sure um, footpath for want of a better uh, <laughs> phrase, road maybe even, to the top that they have for people like Sergio Pettis, like Patchy Mix, like like Usman and Megamedov and others, that is well-traveled by all of those people and more. That is not always necessarily the case in, in the UFC or in other places as well. And, you know, 
There's a lot to like about Bellator. I think Scott Coker is a respectable guy, a good guy. He tries to put on good fights. He tries to give the fans what they want. Now he's, you know, sometimes it might take a week for him to get back to something like that. But, you know, so I, I don't know. I, I feel like the negativity towards Bellator has been a little bit unfair over the last while. Now, look. I've been very negative to Bellator down through the years because of, you know, their TV deals and lots of different things like that. And there's, you know, there's definitely something to complain about with things like that. And, and there have been many things to complain about down through the years. But I feel like their cards over the last year haven't been that one of those things. Now, how they've turned out maybe has been at times. But um, all this point kind of leads me to say... I'll be sad if Bellator goes. I'll be sad if this is the last card. I'll be sad if we don't see a lot of our big fighters again fighting, you know, in, in exciting matchups that maybe we'd build up in our own head. Now, obviously, we'll see him fighting somewhere else if that is the case. But, you know, hopefully, I'm. I, look, there's different rumours going around all the time that Bellator will, if they are taking over, they'll be kept going and everything. And really, I, I hope that is true. I hope Bellator do keep going. And I hope this isn't the last Bellator card that I'm coming on here to preview. But... Uh, if it is, as I said, it's a very, very, very good one, um, and let's let's get let's get straight into it here. Let's get straight into it after uh, like, like five minutes. Uh, the main event is a really, really good fight between Yaroslav Amosov and uh, and Jason Jackson, two guys again who have taken that path, won their fights, and deserve to be like in this spot, and absolutely deserve to be in this spot. Um, you know, obviously Amosov is the, the champion now. Um, he's been on just this unbelievable run, obviously 27-0 and 0 now uh, in his career. But leading up uh, to the, I suppose, the most recent fight and everything, obviously we, we know what happened with him over in the Ukraine fighting on the, the front line there and all. Uh, but the, the, the road he's had to take in MMA to, to get to the very top has been, you know, incredible as well. If you even go back, you know, making his debut in, what, what years of 2012, but even 2016, he fought and beat Roberto Soldic. You know, he's fought David Rickles, Ed the Root along the way, and then Logan Storley a couple of times, obviously with Douglas Lima in the middle of that as well. It's been um, it's been an incredible time, really, and an incredible run for Amosov. And I was lucky enough to be at that last uh, fight where um, you know where obviously he took on Logan Storley in Dublin, and you know it was it was absolutely incredible. the The performance he put on, I, I think I said at the time, was the best. I think it was probably the best performance I've ever seen on Irish side, and obviously I've been to almost every, you know, high-level Irish MMA fight ever, you know, let's be honest. Obviously, with McGregor has fought a, obviously a couple of times in Ireland, once in the UFC, but his one fight in the UFC went kind of very quickly and, you know, it was over within a round, whereas this was five rounds of just pure, pure brilliance, really. That's all you could say about it, pure and utter brilliance, and it was absolutely fantastic from Amazon. It was a joy to sit there uh, and see it, um and now he's taking on Jason Jackson, a guy who you know, if you've listened to these previews here and another of my podcasts that I've really admired for the last good few years. He's he's you know, he's my he's my type of fighter. I like it. He's a good, honest, hard working fighter who can do it all really. You know, he's a good wrestler, he's a good striker, he's a good defensive striker, he's a good defensive wrestler. And offensive on the both side of him as well. Um, 
I like everything about him. And I like the way he has kind of earned this as well. You know, he's not the same route as Amasov. You know, he's taken a couple of losses, Kyle Stewart, uh, Ed Root, and a couple of years earlier in his career as well, including Colby Covington in his second ever fight. But the guys he's come through to win, you know, even the likes of Jordan Mean beating Benson Henderson was obviously a massive one. Beating Nyman Gracie, beating Paul Daly and Ding Douglas Lima as well um, last year. But it's, you know, it's a good while now since he has fought. Obviously, we had... Uh, you know, we had a lot of, um, we had the the interim title fight between Logan Storley and MVB. It was an interim title fight, wasn't it? And then obviously we had the uh, uh, the the title fight in Dublin between Logan Storley and Amosov, and he kind of had to wait around, I suppose, for all that because he was the clear number one contender. When you beat Henderson, Gracie, and Daly, you are that guy. So you kind of had to do it. How much of a factor will that be, I suppose, is a big question as well. But I just want, the first thing I wanted to do, and I'm glad I did it there, is to just discuss that these two guys have earned it, have been immaculate over the last few fights, and it's a real high-level uh, welterweight title fight. There's, um, there's a huge... A huge, huge call, right? That Yaroslav Amosov is the best welterweight in the world, right? There's, there can be no doubt that he is in the reckoning. Like, could he beat Leon Edwards? I think he absolutely could. Now, would he beat Leon Edwards? We'll, you know, we can all toss a coin and we can see about that one. But I think he'd absolutely have a chance of beating Leon Edwards or beating any of the top welterweights in the world. Like, <laughs> we've we've all seen his wrestling down through the years and how good it is, and we've all seen, you know, how he can put the striking with it. But in the last fight, like that strike was on another level to be up, you know, be up close and personal and seeing it as well and see, you know, the his ability to jab, his ability, his ability just to, you know, just to, just to kind of do it all, you know, just to be able to um, be to be able to kind of add it all together, to be able to, you know, control your opponent standing in the way he did it, while being such a good wrestler as well behind it. It's not often we we see that. You know, we heard Daniel Cormier talking last week about, oh, it's so much harder to be a, a wrestler than a kickboxer and all this guff that we've heard from everyone from years and years and years, whichever one you happen to be on the side of is the one that, you know, <laughs> you, will, you will take. But um, I... I look at Amazon and think, well, he's put them both together, you know, and he's really, really good at it. Jason Jackson on the other side of it then has kind of done the same thing. Now, I don't think he's as clean and technical a striker as Amosov, but the kind of the, the I don't know what you even call it a pressure game necessarily, but the kind of the designed game he has for himself on the feet with the ability to kind of pull guys down to, 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 to pressure them, to rob them of their cardio and beat them that way it's fantastic while being a really good and skilled fighter yourself um this is a, a kind of a meeting of styles right two guys who I, I describe them and it's not a million miles away in terms of descriptions that two good wrestlers at a base with good striking behind it and are, are very hard to manage in terms of the way they fight um but they do it in different ways as i said Amosov would probably the longer, uh, rangier type of fight. With Amosov, maybe the, he wants to take away the range. He wants to get inside. He wants to pull you down. He wants to make it a tear out, drag out sort of fight. <sighs> that's 
that's very interesting to see how that rolls, see how that goes. Um, to get into how I actually think the fight might go is is very it's very difficult to actually know because look, my my initial thought is this. It's going to take a really, 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 really good fighter to stop Amosov from his um, game plan, to stop him from his control of you with the with the jab on the outside, from pushing you around the cage. Even if you're circling around, he's happy enough to circle around with you. If the second you come in, he's either going to jab you inside and hit you with a couple of counters, or if you want, if you do something wrong, he'll take you down no problem. And that's not Jason Jackson now, that's just everyone, right? So to get him out of that kind of controlling rhythm, you have to do something. Now, Jason, Jack- Jason Jackson's game is designed for that, really. You know, he's... Vince Henderson is a guy who loves to control people, whereas Jason Jackson just didn't allow him in that fight. I know it was a very close fight, but that's the sort of game plan you need to fight against someone like Vince Henderson. A similar one, you need to fight against Amosov. You know. Put him... Like, a guy who wants to jab and fight... And throw the shots down the middle and all that. Don't give him shots down the middle. Come in from angles, catch him by the leg, pull him down, push him against the cage. And you know what? The next time that you're met with kind of the, the face of a jab, do it again and do it again and do it again and do it again. That's what Jason Jackson, I think, needs to do here. Now, look, either of them go out there and land a big shot, either of them go out there and land a big takedown, or dominating the striking or dominating the, the wrestling. Absolutely, but... I, I don't know if that will be the case here. Um, I think the the most likely outcome there of, of if someone dominates, I think it's probably Amosov with his controlled striking. But with that said, I don't think Jason Jackson is the sort of guy who will allow himself to be controlled by a guy for 25 minutes. You know, whether it's on the feet or on the ground. And I'm talking here mostly on the feet. So it, it's very intriguing to me. Very, very intriguing. Amosov is usually a guy, you know, who can push the pace for 15, 25. <coughs> Whereas Jackson is the type of guy who will ask you and force you to answer the question of whether you can push the pace and keep your pace for 25 minutes. Um, and it's so intriguing to me. I think... Uh, as, as as much as it pains me to say it, because I'm a big fan of Jason Jackson, I, I just I've always liked his style. I like him as a fighter and all. Uh, my pick is probably Amosov here. I, I'm going to do um, a special betting show as well this week, so tune in that week for the bets. I'll have more bets later in the week, but I like Amosov here, 27 and oh, I honestly I do think he is the best welterweight in the world, and uh, I I fancy him for for the win in this one. So that's the prediction on that one. Right, the second title fight. Uh, on the card is in the the bantamweight division, and do you know what? I'm glad this fight, <coughs> I suppose, happened somewhat quickly because Patchy Mix. It felt like he was getting, it felt like he was getting left behind a little bit. You know, he beat Rafael Stotts. He won the interim title in April, and I, you know, uh, Sergio went away to fight um, Patricky uh, in June, and it felt like this could drag on and drag on and drag on, but. Thankfully, look, they've got to fight over line before the end of the year, and Patchy Mix is getting his shot uh, immediately, and he he absolutely deserves it. I think I said it maybe after after his win against Rafion Stotts, or maybe even before it. I think Patchy Mix might be the most improved, high level fighter in the world in the last couple of years. Like I remember watching. Patchy Mix on the way up and thinking like this guy is a good fighter. No, when he like beat the likes of um, 
the likes of Ricky Mendes in, in Bellator and, and others. And, you know, there was always talks of him fighting James Gallagher. And then obviously he did end up fighting James Gallagher uh, in that fight where I, I was actually at in Dublin where he missed weight and all of that. Um, and I always thought, like, this guy is is a good fighter. You know, obviously we, we all know about his submission game, how good he was. But I was thinking, like, maybe he get, he'll get to the very top level and he, maybe he'll struggle with wrestlers, but also struggle with strikers. Um, and then that just has not been the case whatsoever. Um, his striking has improved so much. It's unbelievable how much Patchy Mix's striking has improved. Uh, he's like a different fighter from even that Gallagher fight in 2021. Um, you know, so much he beats Koyoji Haraguchi. His wrestling defense and his ability to fight guys on the ground, like uh, Magomed, Magomed of Rafi and Stotts. I, I'm pretty sure I picked him to lose both of those fights. And he, he submitted one and knocked out the other. Like, he just looks so calm and assured now on the feet. He looks like he's going to knock you out. He looks like he's going to submit you when the fight goes to the ground. Patchy Mix has reached a different level. And... I'll say it again. I think he's probably the most improved top-level fighter in the last few years. Another guy who you could probably say is is up there in that list as well is probably Sergio Pettis. If we're being honest, if you think about when Sergio Pettis uh, left the UFC, you know he won obviously he won his last fight against Tyson Nam, but he lost to Rob Font, Juicy Formiga before that, and Henry Cejudo a couple of fights before that as well. But he did beat J- Joseph Benavides in the middle. And a lot of people when he left the UFC are like, oh, you know, Sergio is a good fighter. It's a pity, but are like, you know. Sergio could fight for a title in the future, something like that, but it's not as if he's like a, a nailed-on massive prospect who's going to win the title. And what he has done since against really good competition has, I think, taken his game again to another level. Like, he went in there and got, kind of got a, a gimme matchup in his first Bellator uh, fight, which is, is good, and... I think maybe proves in the future that that's not a bad thing. But then he beat Ricky Mendez. He beat Juan Arculeta. And then he was losing that fight, obviously, against Kyoji Haraguchi and got the knockout of the year for me in 2021 and beat him. And then what he did to Patricio last time out was uh, was just unbelievable. Obviously, I thought the size of Patricio would be a massive factor there. I thought, I thought Patricio would win that fight because he got down to the weight and all that. You know, Sergio just dominated him and he like he beat him up on the feet and just really won that fight easily against the top level guy like uh Patricio Pitbull. Um and this him like I I I love this fight. As much as I like the main event, I I like I do think uh Amasov will um will win it. And that's gonna be my thought from the very start. For this, I, I really don't know. I really don't know. Like, <coughs> my initial mind is to say, Sergio, Sergio Pettis. But that's just the very initial without thinking about it. When I think more about it, I think Patchy is dangerous. He has power. He can knock you out. He has brilliant jiu-jitsu. He can submit you. And he is there all the time during a five-round fight. And not just there like, oh, he has a puncher's chance or a, a submitter's chance, let's put it that way. He can outpoint you whether it's wrestling whether it's jujitsu whether it's striking he can do all of that i really 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 don't know who's going to win this fight i think let me just check their their heights here so five foot six for sergio pettis five foot eight for patchy mix but i think 
if you look at them, patchy mix, and it's two inches. So at, at you know when you're small guys like that, it it may two inches is a lot, but. Patchy Mix seems like a guy who's a lot longer and uses it increasingly well. Now, Sergio, you know, he's fought bigger guys all his life. He's well used to that, you know, training with his brother and everything like that. But I think if Patchy can use that, stop Sergio doing what he did against Patricio and kind of controlling the fight. And funny, like, coming into that, everyone was kind of saying, like, oh, Sergio might need to get inside if it's fought on the outside. Patricio's going to win it. But it was the other way around. Patchy can't let that happen. I think if he lets Sergio kind of win it from the outside, he's he's in a real bad way in that fight while always having the chance to finish him. But if he can win it from the outside or even have it more competitive than that fight was, let's say one picks around here, one picks around there, that's a fight that can really go either way. Um, and honestly, I am not sure on this one. I'm looking forward to seeing the betting odds come out. Obviously, as I said, we'll talk about that on the betting show again. What's the X factor here? I think the X factor might just be what Sergio did in the last fight. I think how he controlled that fight against someone that good will have to give him the confidence to do it again. Um, And if he can do that again, I do think that is the winner of the fight, if I'm being honest. And for that reason, and my initial gut reason, I will just pick Sergio... But if you're Patchy Mix listening to this, remember, I picked against you in... <laughs> I probably picked against Patchy Mix in his last four fights in a row. So so the fact I'm picking it against you again here is probably a positive. But this is this is a pick em fight. This is a, a toss of a kind. I do not know who's going to win this. Um, let's touch on some of the other fights. Obviously, the other big one is Raffian Stats against uh, against Danny Sabatello in the uh, the rematch of their fight. Very contentious split decision uh, that happened in 2022. Um, Stats came out in the win, winning side of that one. Since then, obviously, Sabatello lost that and he uh, won his next fight, but then lost to Magomedov. Um, surprisingly enough, as I said, Raffian Stats won that fight and then lost the patchy mix in the uh, in the next round of the, the tournament. And... Um, they're both kind of on the rebuild, and it's it's almost a perfect fight to, to rebuild them. Um, look, this isn't one you need to break down that too, that much. We've already seen it once. They were very close. Neither of them could get a massive advantage in the wrestling. Neither of them could get a massive advantage in the striking. You know, there was a bit of judging controversy and all of this. This is the type of fight we want to see again. We want to see, you know, I'm sure by the time this video is out, there'll probably be already a bit of, of trash talk going on and all of that. Um, I, I think Sabatello will bounce back very well from the loss, right? Um, because he's already lost to starts and then he had to bounce back uh, against Breno and now he's lost again so you know he's kind of he's experienced that um, Stotts has lost you know he lost a few years ago to Marab Josh Philly in 2017 but it's on a different sort of level when, you, when you're losing Bellator when you're losing going for a million quid when you're losing going for a title <coughs> that's very different so I'm I'm interested in the mindset of Stotts here and you know, to see if that will be a game changer coming into this fight. With that said, though, and having made having made that point, I'm going to now define myself, and I'm going to pick stats. I just feel like maybe the wrestling will be more offset in this fight, and maybe we'll see even more of a striking matchup. 
and maybe we'll see the I think Stotts is the better striker out of the two of them and I think once you're in there with someone you kind of get uh, a notion of what they're like and when you are able to go back and watch that and are able to adjust the better striker obviously has the uh, ability to adjust more and I think that'll be the winning and losing the fight so I'm going to pick Stotts in that one um, then we've AJ McKee against Sydney Outlaw. You know, Sydney Outlaw, one of these guys who has just been around, knocking around the you know the the lightweight pitcher for for a good while now. He fought. He doesn't fight that often. Like one fight, twenty twenty three. One fight, twenty twenty two. One fight, twenty twenty one. One fight, twenty twenty. One fight. No, he had a few fights in twenty nineteen, but you know, for the last four years, one fight per year, you know, and he's beaten Islam Mehmedov in a, in a bit of a shock, I think, again, uh, in August. Uh, lost to Tafik Musayev before that and beat Miles Jory and Adam Piccolati as well, who, you know, were there thereabouts in the, in the title reckoning before that. Uh, where's AJ Mickey? You know, we we obviously all know what happened in the, the Patricio fight. We, you know, he's been over in Ryzen since then. He had that Spike Carlisle fight that was a bit spiky, you know, he didn't do great at the start of that, but then came back. Um... Look, AJ McKee is one of these guys that it, it, it felt like it was all going so well for him. And obviously he didn't really think he lost that Patricio fight. I think he did. It was one of those fights he didn't really turn up. To. He, he kind of, he marked out for his own gimmick, kind of. He didn't fight to his utmost. It's a fight he, he left behind him, really, because he thought he was winning type of thing. When you see that with a fighter, it's never a good sign. In the next fight against Spike Carlisle, he came out and he kind of threw it all out there. Lost the head. That's not a good sign either, you know? And then he fought in Risen and no one watched it, let's be honest. Um, this is a huge fight for him because Sydney Outlaw is a dangerous guy. You know, he can submit you. Uh, he, he has been to a lot of decisions down through the years. He's good cardio, good chin, and all of that. Um, I, I do think... I do think AJ McKee will win this fight. I think he's wrestling to be too good. I think he's too fast of a striker, but it's a good test and a good comeback here for AJ McKee. What you know, it's, it's funny saying that we, we don't know what Bellator is going to do next, but uh, I'm looking forward to seeing AJ back. He's one of the top prospects in the world over the last few years. Can you call him a prospect anymore? Twenty eight years of age? I don't think so. But we need to see AJ coming back, fighting for a title next, uh, fighting in a massive fight next, and. Um, this is the next step to it. Same could be said for, uh, you know, for Patricky Ferreira uh, and uh, Alexander Shibley, obviously, um, who, you know, the, the tournaments that have been going on for Bellator over the last few years, the, um, uh, you know, the amount of money that's on the line in these big tournaments, the amount, I suppose... The, what what it means now, you know, what it means to these fighters, uh, uh, you know, and if they are the champion, if they are the person hold the belt, if they are the person who has won the you know the tournament at the end of the day, it it feels like their future will be as bright as it possibly can. If and now I'm I'm trying to I'm I'm kind of saying that in a roundabout way now, but you get what I mean, you know, it it just feels like. Um, these are massive fights to win, and whether they're tournament fights or not tournament fights, obviously the the Shabli and, and um, Patricky Pitbull fight is, and um, we'll see who uh, we'll see who wins that in fights. Obviously Usman, who's going to be there waiting for them. Um, 
Patricky has had like what a career he's had over the last few years. Obviously, being in that Mad Peter Queeley fight, being in the in the rematch where he you know he took the title uh, in Ireland and then losing it to Usman, then coming back and winning over in uh, over in Risen and Chabli. Like he's been a guy I've been watching for a, a good long while now, and it feels like this is his big opportunity. Came into the, to Bellator, beat Alfie Davis, who I have a lot of time for. I think is very good. Beat Bobby King, beat the former champion Primus, and beat Tafik Masiev uh, last time out. Um, I I do favor Shabli here. I think you know, at thirty seven years of age, the way Patricky fights, I think it's going to be tougher to kind of keep fighting like that. The older you get, when you have a young thirty year old guy like Shabli who can finish, who is an athlete, uh, I think. I think he'll get. I think he will get him out of there. I think he's gonna land one of those big kicks to the body, one of those big shots, um, and uh, and probably end up finishing uh, Patricky in this one. But it's one I'm definitely, um, I'm definitely looking forward to. Um, right, just to touch on a few of the other fights here. As well, Timur Kizriev against Justin Gonzalez. We fly away fight between uh, Inaba and Denise Kilholz. You know, Denise Kilholz. Uh, I'll. Uh, I'll always be a fan of Denise Kehoe's after that uh, that Juliana Velasquez fight in 2021. I think that's one of the most high level fights uh, in the history of the, the women's flyweight division. I think it was absolutely brilliant. And it's one I'll never forget. Arch Colgan is on this card as well. Obviously, he ain't no up and comer against Peter Boist. Uh, Juliana Velasquez is also on this card. She's fighting Paula Cristina de Santa Silva, um, who's six and two. Velasquez. Like Velasquez to me, when she won the title, I was like, she's going to go to the next level. She's going to be their champion now. She's going to be, you know, she's going to be a star. And she lost to Liz Carmouche twice. And I'm like, whoa, well, what's going to happen here? She hasn't fought since December last year. This is a massive fight for her to get back to uh, to winning ways. Um, her opponent, Silva, 28 years of age. Um, you know, they, uh, did they fight last, they fought last time out? They lost... Uh, uh, she. Oh no, she lost to. Uh, sorry, she lost to Denise Kilos last time. I'm gone mad. Um, she's lost to Dakota Decheva as well. But that's, that's some high level fights there when you're only eight fights into your career. So uh, we'll see how that goes. Kerry Melinda is also on the card at five and zero now. She's probably due a push up at some stage. Richard uh, Palencia, who's ten and one, takes on Matthias uh, Matos. Really love this fight between uh, Tim Wilde and uh, and Mike Hamill, I think probably two underappreciated guys uh, in Bellator. You know, Tim Moyle has been on an insane run. Like, he drew with Alfie Davis in 2022, and he's won four fights around that. Charlie Leary, Yves Landu, Saul Rogers, and Christopher Gonzalez last time out. And honestly, I think he's climbing that uh, that division, and he should be there or thereabouts after this tournament. Um, and the same could be said for Hamill. He's won his last four in a row after losing to Usman, beat Bryce Logan, beat Killis Mata, Nick Brown, and Shamil um, uh, Nikiev. Like, I, I would favor probably the wrestling of Hamill here, but Tim Wild, wild by name, wild by nature. You know he has that power. He has the finishing ability, and I would not rule him out whatsoever. That's a really, really good fight on the undercard. Um, Islam Medov coming back here as well against the aforementioned Killis Mata. Again, must win fight there for both guys. Cody Law, who was one of the top prospects they were talking about coming through, but ended up you know lost a couple of fights. Lost to James Gonzalez. Lost to Chris Lincioni, um, who I believe is on the min and best wishes to go to, to Chris Lincioni. But he bounced back last time. Did Cody Law looking for another bounce back here uh, again? We'll see how that goes. Ramzan Akuramagomedov is on this card again against uh, Randall Wallace. Um, 
I watched a bit of Cora Megamedov for his last fight and was uh, was was very very impressed with him. He's a finisher, a lot of submissions uh, on his record and all of that. After coming over from uh, UAE Warriors, you know he beat John Howard over in uh, Habib's promotion before uh, winning his Bellator debut last time out. So another guy to be looking at on the uh, on the way up. And the aforementioned as well, leaves Eves Landu takes on Iso Kobayashi uh, in the opener there. So. Honestly, from from top to bottom, there's nearly a fighter you've heard of in every single fight here, which, never mind Bellator, never mind any other promotion, that's not something you see that often in mixed martial arts these days. So I'm looking forward to seeing it. Um, And, you know, we uh, we will enjoy Bellator while we have it, and hopefully we'll have it for a little bit longer. All right, everyone, I will leave it there. My name is Sean Sheehan for Sherlock.com, and I'll see you all next time.